What's going on, America? This episode of the Dear America Podcast is brought to you by my friends at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Stop drinking communist coffee. I don't care. Stop. Stop it. Stop right now. Drink America's coffee, and that is Black Rifle Coffee. They give millions of dollars every single year to veterans. They give millions of dollars every single year to veteran charities, including the Dear America Foundation. They employ thousands of veterans across the world and everything you can possibly imagine. And their coffee actually is really good because it is America's coffee. So stop drinking communist coffee. Drink America's coffee. Go to blackriflecoffee.com right now. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, what up, what up, what up, America? Do I sound funny in the mic to you? I feel like I got an echo. Anyway, maybe it's just me. Um, It's good to be back in the studio. (laughs) It's been a little while. (laughs) I I don't know. Do you not hear that? Do you guys hear that listening? Is it just me? Am I going insane? I, I don't know what's going on. Either way, point is, if I have an echo, I apologize. Suck it up or... You know, skip this episode and go to the next one, I guess. Either way, um, Zach, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. I went down to uh, Albany, Georgia and hung out with some family and friends for a little while. So, uh, well, that's nice. I, uh, well, Albany, Georgia, if it wasn't for family and friends, Albany, Georgia is not nice. I, I do have, apologize for any listeners who may be from there. Yeah, well, Georgia just is. <laughs> it you is. Hate on Georgia. It's my least favorite. It, well, well, then again, I hate on Mississippi. Outside of outside of states that are like truly terrible, like Oregon and California and all yeah. this, but there's nothing. There's, just, just, there's nothing about Georgia that's any good. Nothing. You're, you're so you pissed to, off that Georgia you, beat Alabama last year. No, I'm not because Georgia didn't beat Alabama. You beat the second stringers at wide receiver. That's what you beat. Either way, oh, whatever. Um, I'm. It's just the truth. You played you played the real team and you got slaughtered in the SEC championship. But either way, point remains the same. Uh there's just nothing about Georgia that's fun. Atlanta, okay. Go yeah, get hate- go get go get shot. Savannah. <laughs> yeah, Savannah. Have you uh, not been you, to you go one time to River Street and you're like, wow, sober, this place actually sucks. Um, no, no, no. Savannah's an awesome place, guys. Savannah's horrible. Like, no, no, no. If you've it's not terrible. Savannah's I've great. spent four years of my life. In Savannah, it is horrible. Savannah, okay. Georgia is terrible. I could see living there. No, no, There's no, probably no. Not. I didn't live there. I had to go back. I had to be there three days out of every week for about four years. And well, I think the context of your situation makes Savannah then worse. No, it's a good it, place it, to visit. No, it's because I saw past the one tour. It's like Paris. Paris sucks. Once you see the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre or whatever, that's it. 
Like, like, there's nothing else. There's trash. There's garbage everywhere. People are mean. It's the same thing in Savannah. There's no, nothing. Savannah was clean. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, you must have went to the bad part. Of no, town. I, I wasn't the good part. I of went town. to River Street, like where where everything is, like like right there on the water. Did you go water. to Forsyth Park? Wh- Did you go to where Forrest Gump was filmed? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, and that also is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's I, I it's a disagree. little it's a little box. With a tree in the middle of it, that they got the little bench there. That that's Forrest Gump. <laughs> no, 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 no. The and bench then, isn't there anymore. And then, oh, it's a replica bench. Um, there is a bench there. No, it's last a replica time bench. I was there, there was no bench. Really? They took the replica away. I guess so. Because the real bench is at Mercury Studios in Dallas, Texas now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the real bench. Anyway, anyway, the only thing that's in that area is a bunch of lawyers' offices. And one restaurant that also sucks. And so, again, yes, I know the area very well. And I am not a fan of Georgia, just in general. And I understand the hatred for Mississippi, too. I'm from Mississippi. There's not a thing there. I mean, I guess maybe if you go to the coast and you like to gamble and you have a drinking problem, maybe you enjoy being on the coastline where the so. where the casinos are and the Tunica area. You know, you can gamble in Mississippi. Um, that's about it. And so I don't know, man, just Georgia. I just, I just, I have ne- has nothing to do with the football team know, at all. It just, I have always hated it. It's Atlanta's fault. Really? Atlanta taints the entire state of Georgia. And when Lucifer kinda... fell from heaven, he landed where Georgia is. That's that. That is why I mean, it's that so would terrible. Explain Atlanta traffic. It, I'm telling you, it's purgatory is what it is. That is. Oh, I mean, th- think about the revelation of revelations. You're standing there. You see all these views. You see all these things you can't understand and explain. Had to have been Atlanta traffic. Had to have been. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you know, <laughs> like it had to, like, I, I could see. Anyway, I'm moving on. Okay. All right. Last time we went through a recession, there were stocks that literally went to zero. Washington Mutual, 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 Lehman Brothers, Chrysler, et cetera. Listen, I'm not even going to read this anymore. It is simple, fellas and ladies, amazing people all across the nation. You need to listen to me right now. Your money, your savings, your 401ks, your IRAs, or maybe you've just got money saved in a savings account. It is going in the tank due to Joe Biden's economy, inflation. We have people dictating, as Joe Biden would say, a dark winter coming, and inflation is going to spike again. You need to do what you need to do to protect your money. And you can do that by texting the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. Birch Gold is helping everyone keep their money at a level that it's actually still their money that they've been trying so hard to fight for and save for. Free information. That's all they're offering. A 20-page free information info kit. Free information is vital information. So get off your butt with your cell phone that you're listening to this podcast right now and text the word Graham. That's G-R-A-H-A-M to 989898 right now. All right. So that's... A- that's actually not my only pet peeve today. Uh, I'm irritated today, so this should be a very good episode Ooh, for go. everyone. Um, this morning, I have a routine. Did you get back to the DMV? No. Okay, it usually starts off with the DMV. No, I told you. I okay. found out that I don't have to do that, and you're going from now on. Either yeah. way, um, no. I have a very routine. I wake up at 5.30 every day. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. 530. I'm at the gym by about 550. Okay. That's my, that's my normal thing. And again, I know I've told the story, this version before, but this most recently happened. My body is used to the routine. I take my pre-workout, and those of you who drink pre-workout, you know pre-workout has two effects. One, it makes you want to work out. And two, it also makes you need to use the bathroom. Okay? So without getting too graphic, my normal routine is the second I walk in the gym, I make an immediate right into the bathroom, and I do what I got to do. Okay? That's what I do. All right. My particular gym has got three stalls in it. Okay? It's got like six urinals. Three stalls, okay? Today, I walk in there, and there is a man, and if you listen to this show, I'm sorry. I didn't catch your face. I only saw your shoes. So if you know this is you, you know who I'm talking about, okay? I walk in the gym, into the bathroom, and there is a man in the middle stall. Oh, no. There's three Mm-mm. stalls. Mm-mm. There's two open stalls on the outside, and there's a man in the middle stall. Now, ladies, I know I've heard stories that you guys like to talk to each other and, like, hand each other stuff that they may need under the stalls. This is not a rule that exists in man world. If there's three stalls and they're empty, you go all the way to one of the end stalls. Your yes. last your last thing that you would, you'd rather have dental surgery than to use the middle straw than to be literally the stall doors are maybe an inch. You're an inch away from someone else pooping at the same time. And I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just trying to be for real. It's weird. Like, why would you do this? Ruined my whole day. My whole job. I couldn't get over it. I I literally could not let it go. I was so mad that this happened. And then I got to do I got to do the thing. I know that people have headphones on in the gym. I know this too. They're listening while doing what they got to do in the gym, which is one reason why it's probably so vulgarly, aggressively loud in there because people are just, but me, I'm uncomfortable. So now I got to flush mid, how do I say this outside of that? Mid pressure release, I guess. I got to flush the toilet at the same time because I'm a respectful gentleman that likes to do it this way. Anyway, ruined my whole day. Could I could the whole rest of the time I was looking for the shoes in the gym. Did you find the person? No, I never did. Maybe he was on his way out (laughs) after that. Maybe he's an after workout pooper. Could have been. I'm a pre workout pooper. He pushes it all out. Oh, did you see that pre workout, pre workout drink, pre workout pooper? Anyway. You look at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't take pre-workout. And then uh it'll change, but, your, it'll change your life. But like I do jog, <laughs> I go jogging instead of working out. But look, like Well, but no, after, don't take pre-workout and run. Correct. That's yeah, that, that is not that, that, is that not, would be death. Yeah, that's not what you want. Either way, let me know. Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com. I know this has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but does it? Actually, does it have it a lot to do with everything? I mean, hey, these welcome people. Welcome to Joe Biden's America. That man probably eats people, and we don't know. He's probably a serial killer, for all we know, because that's what they do. There's a Jeffrey Dahmer documentary coming out. I'm going to watch it, and I guarantee you there's a scene in there where he's sitting in the middle stall. I promise. Watch. Guaranteed. Watch what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. We got to get into serious stuff, Zach. Golly. I'm sorry, guys. You do, I, I you do this every time. We're supposed to talk about. I always take it off the rails. Serious stuff on the show. 
All right. Speaking about stupid things that are going on in Wait, the world. I thought we were supposed to get serious. This is this is serious, okay. but it, but it's stupid. Be whilst being serious, it's it's a serious thing that is stupid. That is stupid. Okay. So New York City every year they have this uh, they have this historical reenactment. Right. It's like a parade where they get all these guys and it's and it's different generations of military like they're all in different military getups and stuff like that from revolutionary to civil war war 1 war 2 blah, yeah. blah 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 right well this year uh the new york historical reenactments uh have been canceled why you may ask is it fear of spreading the COVID-19 monkeypox virus. Is it a fear of the monkeypox spread? Which we, oh, thank you. We'll talk about that demon that's in charge of that here in a minute. Um, is it fear of riots in the street because of lawlessness in New York City and how criminals are taking over? New York City is becoming a modern day Gotham. No, it's fears over all of them going to jail over the New York gun laws, even though they don't have... They're like dummy guns. They're like, they don't have firing pins and stuff in them. And so they've canceled. This is real stuff. Fox News is reporting. This is like a big deal. This is something they do all the time. And, and New York historical reenactments canceled over fear. Participants will be thrown in jail over strict gun laws. Uh, <laughs> I mean... You know, why not? Sure. Let's see. uh, Two weeks ago, we started getting issues from units out of state and in state who were afraid if they came and brought weapons with them. Muskets. Muskets. It literally Mm, says muskets. Because you're really going to go shoot up somebody with a musket. That they'd be charged with a felony. A reenactment organizer, Harold Nicholson, told CBS 6. Muskets. <laughs> Do we even have like the stuff that people need to fire muskets anymore? They got to carry the little the, the little powder bag. I'm sure they there's gotta somewhere you can probably buy it. They got to shove the the rod down in there a bunch of times and it's get like, a up, shot. Hold up, hold up! I'm almost ready. Yeah, now I can shoot you. You will have been <laughs> shot 147 times before you even get that thing off. And so this okay. Like I said, it's serious, but it's stupid. New York is out of control, man. I mean, absolutely just ridiculous. New York is all over the place. And and to say... It, it, but New York really would arrest somebody for a musket that's not loaded. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But this, 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 again, this is further. So going right into that stupidity, the New York Post is reporting from New York. Um, polls show few voters like Hoshel. I think that's how you say her name, the governor, right? Okay. That took over for uh, freaking uh, Cuomo. Um, this poll shows that few voters like her, but will vote for her over Zeldin, the Republican, anyway, because he's a Republican. That's New York. That's New York. Literally, the poll shows, let me see. Just 36% of people have a positive opinion 
of the current governor of but New York. You know York. what's scary is that means that Democrats might do the same thing for Biden. Like they don't like what he's doing, but they're still just going to vote anyway. Democrats, Democrat. Democrats are going to do that regardless. Yeah. Democrats are going to vote Democrat regardless. It could be Satan himself. And they're voting Democrat. But this is what I'm talking about. New York is arguably, I've spent a lot of time in New York. Okay. Apparently I'm well traveled in this show. But either way, spent a lot of time in New York as well. New York has tanked. And I didn't really start spending time in New York except over the past eight years. And in the past eight years, New York has just become a crap hole. And you've got this governor that is horrible, literally has a 36% positivity rating. Okay. I don't know if you know this. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> 36% out of 100. That's pretty bad. It's not very high. But New Yorkers are so brainwashed that they are going to vote for her regardless because they just refuse to vote for the Republican. And we wonder why all of this craziness just continues because the state of our mind in this country the state of our rational thought or lack thereof, it's just not there. And, and, and you really have to start asking the questions. Is it, it can only be one of three things, right? It's either pure ignorance of the issues. It's either pure defiance of the issues, right? Like, mm -hmm. like I don't care. I hate Republicans. I'm only going to do this. Or it's a sole issue you almost have to go to like some kind of demonic thing going on, like across the board. I mean, like what else? I mean, I'm open to people telling me like what other three possibilities could it be when you've got a horrible governor? Everybody hates the governor, but you just you're just gonna vote for her anyway because you ain't gonna vote for the Republican. I mean, if you know, Zach is a horrible producer, mm -hmm. but because I don't want a Democrat producer. I'm going to keep paying Zach to be the producer, even though he's horrible. Cause like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and obviously this is a hypothetical. Well, I was going to say it's because I can't ever be serious. <laughs> as we talked about. I, I know that you're even now I'm trying to be real and you're taking it off to the right side again, as we speak, uh, this goes on to the mindset that we seem to be having in this country. There seems to just be something wrong with, our society. There seems to be something wrong with our culture. Uh, never more present than this most recent Instagram reel that I saw. Um, we're going to hook this up to the Bluetooth real quick and uh, listen to this and check this out. And let me know what you think here. If you get into a car accident, your friend is the driver, and you're the passenger, and you're seriously injured, you should sue them. The only one benefiting from you not taking legal action is the insurance company. They're the ones making the payment, not your friend. In addition to that, your friend's insurance premiums would increase anyway after the accident. You should sue your friend. If you get into a car accident, you should sue your friend. If you get into an accident <laughs> and your friend is driving, you should sue your friend. Because his insurance premium because his insurance premium is going up anyway. You should sue your friend. And it, I mean, it's got like millions of views. Like people are like, oh my gosh, I should sue my friend. Like, why haven't I thought about this before? So my brother wrecked my first car. So I should go sue him. Yeah. Yeah. Because, mm, because his insurance premium went up anyway. So you should sue them. I just don't get it. Like, like, like I don't, I don't understand. Like we're going to. It's a me first society. What? I mean, 
accidents don't happen? I mean, I, and what is seriously injured? Like, we know that the legal system is a sham. I trust not zero one thing in the legal system, the just nothing, nothing. Police, I trust. The actual issuers of <laughs> justice and legal act, I don't trust none of them. None of them. And so what is seriously injured? Oh, my back hurts. That's, oh, yeah, that's oh I serious. had to get stitches on my head. You have a bruise? You know, I, I, well, yeah, well, yeah but, but even then, if I'm riding around with you and we get in a wreck uh, and I got to get stitches in my head, I'm not going to sue you. Like, you know, that's, that's yeah. the craziest thing. But this is the society that we live in. This is the culture that we live in. This, like you said, this me first mentality that we just, nobody had, first of all, I'd like to meet the person that has friends that would even consider doing such a thing in the first place. Most this likely guy, that person doesn't have friends. Well, the guy who made this is a lawyer, so we all know he doesn't have friends. And it's just, I don't know. Every time I go through and I just try to find things, I try to find good things to talk about, and it is never, ever It's there. hard to find good things. It's just, it's not there. It's not there. And, and, and so... At, what we're facing to get through like like the crazy stuff here in a minute. Uh, you know the the army made headlines the other day. Uh, inflation is killing everybody. I mean, it just is. It's killing everybody. I saw this horrible, heartbreaking uh, news story the other day about an elderly woman that's been retired for nine months. So most people, um, a lot of you are older my age that are listening to this, there's a lot of young people listening to it as well. When you retire, you don't make the same amount of money you made when you were not retired. You make less. You make less money. Because a lot less. You've saved money going, okay, there's only me and my spouse or maybe just me or whatever. I can live off of this much money because I'm old and I don't really need to do anything else besides just wake up, eat, go to my doctor's appointment, chill out, right? Like that's yeah. that's retirement, right? And so you live on a budgeted income, most oftentimes that's barely 30 to 40% of your income mm -hmm. you had when you were working, but you've planned this thing out, right? Like, okay, I can make this last for 20 years, which is probably all I got left anyway. That's retirement. This poor lady nine months in has to go back to work. Because the inflated cost of money for food is higher than what she budgeted for, and she can't be retired. So speaking about food, other people that are struggling to pay are members of our military struggling to pay for food. Most people don't realize this. Um, E3s and below and E4s and below that have families, um, when I was in the war the first time, it had, for for my military listeners listening, I didn't have an apartment, lived on the base. I, I didn't have all the special pay or whatever. I got the hazardous duty pay and the combat pay and all that stuff. I pulled about, after taxes, about 985 bucks a check whilst in the war. And how often was the check? Two times. So twice a month. So twice a month, I got 985 bucks after taxes while in the war back during the surge. But either way, when I was out of the war, had two kids, E4, after taxes, pulling twelve fifty a check. All right? So military people don't get paid the money everybody thinks that they do. 
12 years, I'm an E6 after taxes. I'm pulling about five grand a month after taxes, 2,500 bucks a check. Uh, they don't make the money that they, that, that, that people. Five grand doesn't think. go far when you got kids. When you got three kids, five grand don't do, do nothing <laughs> either way. All right. But Pentagon has responded with, with soldiers Ooh. that are struggling with paying for food. Okay, the military is going to step in and do their job, and they're going to take care of the military. We, as taxpayers and the federal government, is going to take care of our United States military because they take care for us, and they're not going to have our military not be able to pay for food, so they're going to give them an increase in pay to pay for their food. No, they're not. They're not doing any of those things. In fact, the Pentagon is telling struggling Army soldiers and their families to apply for food stamps. The United States military, the men and women who wear our uniforms to protect protect our our country, cannot afford to buy food because of Joe Biden's economy and inflation, right? That Joe Biden just said in a recent interview was teeny, 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 tiny, like, like half an inch inflation. But yet the United States Army, military in general, Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't buy food. You can't afford food with the money that the federal government pays you to protect the country. <gasps> go, go apply for food stamps. We're going to pay for people who never finished college. We're going to pay their college loans off. And even though you went to war to get free education, uh, go get food stamps because we can't pay you enough. I'm sure that's great for morale. You it's know? crazy, man. It's crazy. And here's another thing about the student loan thing, about the difference between military and whatnot. Yet people that did not finish their degrees, possibly didn't even pass a class, are going to get their student loans repaid. In the military, you have to go to war and or serve in the United States to get a set amount of money to go to school. Guess what happens if you don't pass the class or you don't complete the course? You have to pay the money back. They literally take it out of your check and take it away from you. This is how we treat our military. This is how we treat our military. We give people who don't deserve it. Yes, I said it. Don't deserve it. All the chances, all the time, all the money, all the forgiveness in the world. But our men and women wearing the uniform, oh, you can't pay for food because of the inflation in the economy. Just apply for food stamps. Go get SNAP or whatever it's called. That puts a lot of, hey, you wonder why recruiting numbers are down. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, let's talk about Christianity. I love talking about this. My favorite thing. It's coming, guys. I've told you over and over and over and over and over and over again. I've told so many pastors. I've told so many churches. I've told everyone the way that we are doing church is not working. It's not. It's not working. Less people believe in a God period today than ever in American history. Not just the God, but a God in general. Norse mythology, Muslim, whatever. That less people believe in any kind of higher power than ever before in this country. So CBS is reporting that the number of people who identify as Christians has been dwindling since the 1990s. As many adults transition to an identity of atheist, agnostic, 
or nothing in particular. Let's see if we can get some numbers here in this thing. In the early 90s, about 90% of people in the U.S. identified as Christians. In 2020, Christians accounted for about 64% of the population. Uh, meanwhile, those who are not affiliated with the religion has grown from 16 to 30% in just the past 10 years. Mm. What we are doing as church, as Christians, is not working. It's just not. This, this, this cowardice way that we do church, this prosperity gospel mindset, this, this instructional mindset where you've got a six-week uh, sermon that you're going to give people, and the first week is to tell everybody what the sermon's going to be about, and then the sixth week is just to recap everything that you talked about. And all you're really doing is saying, uh, the first step to a miracle is, is taking the first step. What? What does that even mean? What does a first step look like to receiving a miracle? First step to receiving a miracle is believing you're going to receive a miracle. Well, what does that mean? Nobody knows how to even practically apply something like that. My marriage is falling apart. Well, the first thing to do is to give it to God. What does that mean? To give your marriage to God. What does that mean? Well, it means to put your marriage, put God at the front of your marriage. What does that look like? Hello? Columbo, I'm talking to you. What does it mean? What are we doing? It ain't working. And everybody gets mad at me. I have these candid conversations with pastor friends of mine all the time. And they tell me, Graham, I, I, just, I just don't think that, 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 that the way to go about it is like this. Well, I think that you're failing. That's what I think. I think the way that you are doing church, you are failing. How come you can criticize me, but I can't criticize you? All these people, I, I had a conversation with Alyssa about this the other day. I can't win. If I go too hard this direction, everybody's like, well, Graham, that's not very Christian of you. And if I go after uh, things that the church is doing, well, Graham, you know, you can't, can't do that. Can't, can't, can't attack people, you know, because then nobody will ever do that. Well, the way we're doing it, loving everybody ain't working either. So I'm frustrated, man. I really am. I get frustrated thinking and talking about this stuff because it is this paradox of stupid over and over and over again that we keep repeating the same process. We keep shortening the church services because people's attention spans are less. And so we got 20 to 27 minutes of worship, uh, 30 minutes max worth of a message, no altar calls, nothing Raise your hand if you, you know, accepted Jesus and text this number, which is a data collection scheme, so they can get more money out of you when they need more money for tithes and offerings. You got $50 million churches right here in the state of South Carolina that can barely afford to give charities trying to get kids off the street $1,500 for the year. Are you freaking kidding me? What kind of frauds are all of you? I, I just, you're failing. You are failing. You're failing. You are failing. Some people, it's not going to be me, Zach. I won't say it because I don't okay. want to be aggressive. Some people would say they suck. I, I'm, really? I'm not going to say they suck because that would be wrong to be say that. 
And that would be aggressive. And people tell me that's not the Christian way to do that, to tell people that you're sucking at your job. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Don't do it. But other people might say, you're sucking at your job. But what do I know? Numbers don't lie. I know that. Less people believe in God today than ever before. Less people identify as Christians than ever before. How can you count any of this as wins? If this was a normal job, every single one of y'all would be fired. Like clean house, bam, fired, done, gone. But because it's a ministry and because you're this, nobody nobody can critique you. Nobody can let you go. Nobody can fire you because you suck at your job. And apparently it's not a Christian thing to say that people suck at their jobs. Can't say it. And we won't. We won't say that. We won't because that would be wrong. We didn't, but other people are. Other people. I'm just, I'm saying what other people might say to you. I'm not saying you suck at your job because that would be wrong because, you know, we're Christians here and you can't, you can't say that because Christians don't like to have their feelings hurt. Okay. Um, now we're going to talk about the big part of today's announcements, the major miraculous thing that has happened. One, inflation is not real. And two, the pandemic is officially over as words verbatim from the president of the United States himself. The pandemic is over. All right. So this is something that I never thought that I would see. Uh, the Hill, which is not known for being a, uh, non-biased, uh, journalistic outlet, uh, actually put up something today that really kind of shocked me. And it says, why has fact-checking disappeared under Biden? And I have not read this yet. And the reason I haven't read it is because it's going to go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. It's going to go, something's off, or it's going to say, Biden never lies, so therefore, fact checking has I reduced. I have a feeling it may be. It, the well, well I'm not. I'm not going to guess. We are I'm just going to read, and we're going to see here. Okay, so here we go. Fact checking under President Trump was a bustling business, seemingly every day and sometimes by the hour. This is true. I've been fact checked a lot. The 45th president's every word was scrutinized, which all comes with the job. But under President Biden, fact checkers are enjoying what feels like extended vacations or have simply checked out in terms of scrutinizing the many ways that he is misleading the public. Wow. Mm. Take CNN fact checker Daniel Dale. Oh, I love Daniel. I love Daniel. Me and Daniel are the best of friends. He has fact-checked me many of times. As a prime example of apathy around holding the current president accountable. From June 2019 until November 2020, Dale appeared or was mentioned on CNN more than once per day on average. That's more than 500 appearances or mentions on a nationwide national network in the span of just 16 months. But Dale has become the fact checker version of Edward Snowden under Biden. He's almost impossible to find these days. In fact, Dale has not conducted even one fact check of the president since June. Of course, Biden supporters will insist that Dale simply doesn't have any material to work with, but that's not true. In August, Biden declared that inflation in July was zero. 
despite the number being near a 40-year high at 8.3%. Last week, Biden claimed the Inflation Reduction Act, which numerous studies have concluded will do almost nothing to reduce inflation, had already helped reduce inflation at the kitchen table. In a related story, food prices rose again in August with the consumer price index up 10.6% year over year. There are many examples from the summer, but you kind of get the point. The most powerful man in the country needs to be held accountable for his words and actions, particularly in an election year when each side is attempting to shape the narrative. The only problem is no one is doing that to Joe Biden. It's interesting. Well, I didn't expect it to go that way. That's very interesting. The Hill is asking the questions, where are all, where have all the fact checkers gone? Well, they hadn't left completely. I got fact-checked the other day about something Siri said. Um, and it's one thing to get fact-checked with, like, another fact-check. It's another thing when you are the fact-check. And they use you to fact-check everybody else. They're like, Graham Allen did this. And anybody else that does something even remotely similar, that's why you're wrong. Um, it is interesting that all this is going on. Uh, but Because Biden just the other day did a 60 Minutes hit. And... Here's something that he said, and I thought that this was very interesting how he put this, and I'm just curious why there's no fact check over this. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just a, 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 just an inch. An inch. Hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're, maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2%. 8.3, dummy. He literally just said 8.3. We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely, it's been basically even. Mr. President, it's only going up an inch. Only an inch. I didn't know an inch was a numerical type thing when talking about inflation rates. Inflation, it only went up just barely an inch. <laughs> what does that even mean, Joe? <laughs> We're talking about numbers and percentages. You're talking about measurements. <laughs> you, you know, he doesn't know what he's it doing. Only, it only went up an inch. Everybody's acting like it's a big deal. <laughs> it's remained steady-ish. Inch. Ooh, maybe instead of ish, it was, it's remained steady inch <laughs> across the thing. Why is everybody freaking out? Because it's still at 8.3%, you buffoon. I literally just told the story about the, the, the retiree lady that made it nine months in her retirement before she had to go out to work at a grocery store so she could help afford to pay for groceries. <sighs> Where's the fact check? There's no fact check. That's the point. That's the point. If Trump had said that, in fact, where are all the fact check corrections over everything that we said that we got fact checked for that has turned out to be true? Where, where, where is all of it? Where are my apologies and hundreds of thousands of dollars that were taken away from me because you demonetized me over things that I said two, two and a half years ago that now have been proven to be true? Where's that? Where's my money? What? what an apology? Nothing? We don't get nothing? Most likely not. And here's the biggest thing. 
The entire time Trump was president and all this other kind of stuff, they would always say things like, well, Trump's not a doctor. Trump can't say these things. Trump can't do this. Dr. Fauci hadn't said this. CDC hadn't said that. The, the NIH and the World Health Organization and all this stuff, they hadn't said these things. The pandemic is, is here. Well, the president of the United States just said this on the same 60 Minutes interview. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. Pandemic's over. You heard it. Joe Biden said it. It's done. It's done. The pan, the, Doesn't the, matter what the doctors say, The pandemic say, is done. So the pandemic's over. Why are you paying for student loans based off of uh, hurt from the pandemic? If the pandemic's done, why aren't we immediately reinstating every service member that was kicked out for refusing to take the vaccine? And why are we still pressuring service members to be forced to take the vaccine if the pandemic is over? If the pandemic's over, why are we still not allowed to say things like the COVID-19 vaccine doesn't work? The pandemic is over. What are we doing? I literally just the other day tried to go inside of Wendy's to use the restroom and it said due to COVID-19, you can't go in. You can't go in there. What? I love it. There, there was a uh, I don't know her name. I don't care. It was a representative uh, Democrat got COVID-19 again, and she responded with, I'm experiencing mild symptoms, thankful to be vaccinated. Well, I just got COVID again for the second time, and I had mild symptoms, and I'm not vaccinated. So what's the point of getting vaccinated? Never forget what these people did to you. Real Americans knew that the pandemic was over three years ago. Churches, you knew the pandemic was over three years ago, but you cowered down and you shut down anyway. You knew, you knew, you knew. All of you knew. Every business that shut down because you didn't want to, um, I sympathize. But every business that shut down because you were told to, you knew the pandemic. You, you knew, but you did it anyway because that's what the government told you to do. You, you knew. Church is especially hard on you. You knew. We all knew. Every single one of us knew. Never forget what they did to your kids. On average, children are three years behind. Three grades behind where they should be. We got middle schoolers that can't, don't even know how to write a, a report. You know what I'm saying? Middle schoolers, like sixth graders. I know some states, middle schools don't start till seventh grade, but here it starts in sixth Sixth graders that don't know how to write a three-page report on something. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was like first week stuff. Write a write a report about who you are, who your family is. Da, da, yeah. da. They don't know. They got no clue. None. Cursive? <laughs> Forget about that. I they think might that's have, been gone for a they while. They might as well be making their mark right now. I'm telling you, I'm not even trying to be aggressive. I'm just being for real. 
Never forget what they did to your children. In fact, now they're saying that there are a rise in severe common cold cases that they're now linking to the fact that children have been kept isolated for so long they're not used to germs anymore. So they're getting a cold, but the cold is more severe and they're out of school for like a week because of a cold because they're not used to it anymore. They're not used to sneezing in each other's faces and digging in their boogers like kids do. That's what they do. Most importantly, I'm going to read you something. I'm going to try to read it as best I can. It's a little wordy. It's not mine. Um, The author is actually unknown. But I'm going to read it to a very select group of you. And this message goes to the unvaccinated. Now, if you got the vaccine, you made that decision. This is not a shaming thing. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. I got no issues with anybody that got the vaccine. I, I, I None whatsoever. I have an issue with you being forced and pressured into it. But if you chose to do it, fine with me. But this message goes to the rarities out there. This message goes to the people who are built just a little bit different than everybody else. Again, I did not write this. I cannot take credit for it, but here we go. Message to the unvaccinated. Even if I were pollinated and fully vaccinated, I would admire the unvaccinated for withstanding the greatest pressure I have ever seen, even from partners, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and doctors. People who were capable of such personality, courage, and critical ability are undoubtedly the best of humanity. They are everywhere in all ages, levels of education, states, and ideas. They are a special kind. They are the soldiers that every army of light wants to have in its ranks. They are the parents that every child wants to have and the children that every parent dreams of having. They are beings above the average of their societies. They are the essence of the people who have built all cultures and conquered horizons. They are there next to you. They look normal, but trust me, they are superheroes. They did what others could not. They were the tree that withstood the hurricane of insults, discrimination, and social exclusion. And they did it because they thought they were alone and believed they were the only ones. Banned from their family's tables at Christmas, they never saw anything so cruel. They lost their jobs, let their careers sink, had no money, but they didn't care. They suffered immeasurable discrimination, denunciation, betrayal, and humiliation, but they kept on going. Never before in humanity has there been such a casting Now we know who are the best on planet Earth. Women, men, old, young, rich, poor, of all races or religion, the unvaccinated, the chosen of the invisible ark, the only ones who managed to resist when everything collapsed. That's you. You 
passed an unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, commandos, Green Berets, astronaut, geniuses of the world, politicians, uh, everyone, entertainers, Hollywood elitists could not withstand. You are made of the stuff of the greatest who have ever lived. Those heroes born among ordinary men who glow in the dark. Written by an unknown author. It is amazing to think what has happened over the past three years. And it is amazing to see how many people's faith faltered in the face of fear. And as much as we talk about all the bad things that go on in our society and how everything seems to be collapsing around us, I am encouraged around the fact that there are people still here. They are still here. You are still here. The people that are willing to lose everything to stand for something. I've asked the question multiple times, do we have enough people that believe in this thing enough, in America enough, in your faith enough? Do we have enough people to actually stand if it got bad enough? And I believe that they're still there. So to everyone, I say this. Congratulations, you made it. The pandemic is over. And to those of you who stood firm, I say God bless you and keep standing firm because it's only going to get crazier. It's only going to get worse. But with people like you leading and guiding and not shaming, but bringing in those that weren't strong before you, we have a chance. That's all we have. We'll see you again next time.